Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Welcome to Heart and Hand, the podcast that used to have Big Willie contest with all the other podcasts and then cry itself to sleep at night. This week, another tidy finish from the Ayrshire Messi sends us on our way to three points against Motherwell and kicks off a massive week for the Jairs. With Valencia next up at Ibrox, we look at Walter's options for what could be the defining game in our Champions League campaign. After the boys from the Mestalla, it's the boys from Mordor as we get set to visit the Brendan Bow. We make sure we've all had our inoculations and, after the Celtic management visits Ibrox, the question on everyone's lips, just how ugly is Alan Thompson? All that and more coming up on Heart and Hand. It's a massive week for the Jairs and we felt that we needed a massive panel and they don't come much more massive than Mark Dingwall. Thank you for a compliment. Yeah, I would say you're, you're looking thinner than, than since last I saw you. And uh, the thing about Scott Vandenacker is that he is as liberal and right-thinking as the next man, in this case Mark. How are you doing, Scott? I'm doing okay, thank you. Okay, loads and loads and loads and loads and loads to talk about, uh, although the panel's in a, a state of advanced month after Mark, just uh, before we, we started recording, treated us to his impression of Roland Rat in a moving car, <laughs> and shared with, with you as well, but that's actually quite funny, right? Uh, the Motherwell game. I don't know if we can top that. Should we just no, stop at this point? Thanks. Yeah, that mother where we won. Uh, very good one. One of those five-minute spells in the second half where you've just felt anything could happen. It was really exciting. The place was bouncing. Everything we hit was a near miss or, or went in. It was just great. It was spoiled somewhat by the company I was with. There you were with me. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, that was the hilarious comedy element. Um, Miller was in good form, though, wasn't he? Not Kenny. <laughs> the guy next to Oh, him. yeah, there's a, a, a fantastic, and if he's listening, hello, Miller. We'll uh, love you. There's a fantastically drunken guy um, who sits next to Scott at the football, and the guy's just utterly magnificent. On, on Saturday, his mate arrived a couple of minutes late, and he said to him, I take it you've been on it all night, and Miller looked at him indignantly with hurt in his eyes and said, here, I've not had a drink since 23, and, I, you know, and he meant it. I take it you now know that the new Ranger security guy is going to be hunting through databases going, did they mean Miller, surname or first name? <laughs> if you get right? Miller, that would be a shame for the boy. Yeah, I'll, I'll smuggle him in, don't worry. 
Uh, Once last season, Scott and I were sitting there and he knew he was annoying us and he did that drunk man thing where you try not to to say anything silly and you speak very properly and he turned around to us and said, so uh, McGregor loves his sex, eh? (laughs) (laughs) That's just a line that you can't argue with. Um, Ersher Messi, Nasal Dino. I've been saying it, I've been saying it, and now everybody's acknowledging that I was right. Uh, and you have to say Saturday, it was a real catalyst. It was the difference between an arrow win and a... a you, you, you actually must have been. Yeah. I'm taking the credit for you. Um, I think player of the year already. I would just I would award him it. Well, I would have anyway, but have you seen Rocky? Have you seen in Rocky, you know, the old guy that, that believes in Rocky and propels him? What he got? That's me. That's what I did for Nazi. He might be a contender, but will he last? Of course he'll last. This is isn't it? This is five years of unbroken naziness. This is the era of the Naismith. But the, but the old cliche uh, about Nazis is this his season? Well, it is well, so it far. Is. I mean, Although, he, I know Mark's saying last last summer at the Emirates tournament he was magic, and then basically was never seen again. Be fair, he's had a bit longer, and he's doing it in yeah, games at Mark. And it's a nice option to have. And we'll talk later about. I don't want to just say Mark was a total cretin straight away. No, well, yeah, you've done, you've done well to last. Get five we? minutes. Five yeah. minutes in, yeah. yeah. Um, I thought the the good thing about Saturday was that after a fairly disappointing first half performance, what they did was you could see almost right from kick off the second half that there was a real attitude shift. And I think it's becoming apparent that if this team play at their full potential. They are going to win the games in the SPL, but they can't slacken off from that. It that spits limit. and starts. Um, we've had 15, 20 minutes here and there that have been absolutely excellent. One touch, pass and move. I'm hoping we're moving towards doing that for almost 90 minutes because teams can't live with us. If no, we play like that, we will win the SPL. The quality of the goals as well. Uh, Stevie Davis in particular was a brammer, but some people said that that was, was due to the fact that he, he just knew he couldn't pass it because he wasn't going to find a blue jersey the way he was playing. Mark Davis in centre mid, there's a few people saying mm, maybe not his best position after all. Well, as I was reading Scott's copy of the Daily Record today... Uh, which the, Scott got from his work. Which is, which is Monday morning. The graphic in the middle of the winner's got a, a mocked up um, couple of road signs saying stop Davis, stop Jairs, and it says Lennon, Lennon Celts must cancel out Stephen, blah, 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 spying mission. So he's obviously uh, attracted not just the attention of Rangers fans, I think have been mightily impressed by him this year, but also the, the press. So I just wonder on Saturday, sorry, on Sunday coming, whether the... Uh, that is going to be where the, the battlefield is. In other words, are they going to kick it? Uh, firstly, can I say how disappointed that I was to Rangers for providing complimentary tickets to uh, Lennon I wasn't and, the, and the Gorilla Boy? Rise above. Um, I would rise above, Paul rise Gwyn, above letting them in. Paul Gwynn went to Tynecastle, spat on, jostled, attacked. Their fans are scum. We let their manager, assistant manager, come to the stadium. Nothing happens to them at all. We are the people. Although, surely somebody would have been tempted to hold down and strategically shave Alan Thompson. You know, he looked like Gerald the gorilla from Not the Nine O'Clock News. The AGM today was uh, enlivened slightly by a guy who started off saying, I noticed that uh, Neil Lennon was in the director's box on Saturday and I sat quite near it and you're thinking, what's he going to say? What's he going to say? And he said, I thought it was brilliant. The look in his face at half time, he was jubilant. And then his face at the end of the game was brilliant as well. <laughs> so you just imagine this guy with you know, the binoculars trained in Lennon going, say something, do something. <laughs> to be honest, the only time I can imagine Neil Lennon's face would be brilliant would be if you were very, very significantly into an LSD trip, but uh, mm. we'll move on for that. Mark. coming up to Halloween. <laughs> and Alan Thompson's already got his costume. Exactly. He's going as a gorilla from trading places. Mark, that brings us on to the AGM. Mark, you were at the AGM today in your uh, trust capacity. What were your feelings about how it went, the overall tone of the event? 
you can you can pick holes in, in everything, but I thought in terms of where the club's been, the questions were, uh, there, there's a mixture of stuff where virtually everybody mentioned Walter and thank you, Walter, and that was very pleasant. But at the same time, it wasn't ranting and raving, but people still on fairly significant issues were asking pretty uh, pointed questions about the ownership, about Martin Baines, you know, salary increase or his bonuses. Um, so, you know, they didn't get away scot-free. What I thought does work well, they did it last year and, and again this year, you had Alistair Johnson speaking, uh, giving a chairman's address and then Martin Bain as chief executive. And there was a lot of meat in there. I mean, Johnson's a bit difficult to follow because he's, he's a bit monotone, a bit like myself, uh, and he does lapse into American business speak. That's a pot calling a kettle black. <laughs> <laughs> he's a bit monotone from Mark One Note to Dingwall. But in terms of the uh, ownership of the club, no change there, and that's obviously a worry to him. Uh, there was also there was a couple of hints in there that I thought were a bit worrying when they started talking about youth development and how much money we put in it and Bain seemed to be hinting that um, in terms of the numbers we get in and the benefit we get from it is it best as a, as a tool to develop youth for ourselves seeing as the, the best kids will always end up in the Premier League should it be used for you know, you know more or less community work and, and, and getting the kudos from that and presumably making money off of um, you know, fat kids coming in uh, and, and playing and um, kids coming in and playing. Yeah, you pay. <laughs> some, the Rangers football. summer camps. You, you pay for your kid to take part in, in it, training sessions. Oh, that doesn't so, sound so it's going to do as much good in the long term. It's not, but it's it's an attempt to vision to actually having a youth system. So it's a money making one rather than a. Yeah. Well, the, and another the other point was that uh, they seem to be hinting that they were going to be. Uh, sharpening their, their their skill set so that they could identify more players like Carlos Quella. You buy them in cheap and you sell them. And now, to me, that sounds like a recipe for a disaster in the long term to, to, to go down that route. I can understand why the club are saying that moving forward they would like to do that where you buy a player and then you sell them on for a profit. But so does everybody in Europe. You know, that is the aim, apart from a yeah. select band of about six or seven clubs who will, will be the, the teams who are buying players all the time. I mean, for most clubs, who doesn't want to bring in a player at two million and sell them a year later for eight, ten million? But it doesn't always happen. You can't well, rely on it. Also, a lot of these clubs have a scouting system, which is an amazing thing, which allows them to identify these players, bring them in and sell them on for profit. Mm. Um, we actually get rid of our scouts and the cost-cutting round. Well, someone said we'd employed some freelance scouts again this summer. Mm. The things that I suppose there wasn't much point of having scouts the last two years. Well, really, well, that's so, true. You know, it, it was the vagaries of... I a think, bit like Abu Hamza <laughs> buying up employing a glove salesman. <laughs> you know, there's no need. But very true. Um, the thing that alarmed me about the feedback I was getting from the GM was, number one... There wasn't enough, quite enough meat on the bones for me. It was like, we'd like the youth system to produce a lot better players that we can sell for £10 million. Yeah, well, how are you going to do that? Yeah. Secondly, we'd like to bring in players like Carlos Coelho and sell them on for £10 million. Where are you going to identify them? What markets are we involved in? I think these are noble, laudable ways to run a club. But everyone's trying to do it. You're at David Dry. Um, do we have scouting in London, Birmingham, France? Yeah. Where are our scouting? Where are our youth camps? Where are our scouts going out? Eastern Europe, Scandinavia? What are the plans to make these things happen? It's the difference between vision and strategy. Absolutely. Um, you can have an idea, but what you need is a building block in place on how you're going to make that happen. Well, the other, the other thing about scouting, which I, I think Bain and, and Co. do have a, a point, is that you can you can have your own scouting system, but you can effectively be paying people who, by the back door, can be uh, some, simply punting players onto, on any club. So the fact that they change to paying people by results is perhaps no no bad thing, especially for, for those who are overseas. Well, 
we've discussed that with a level of uh, seriousness and gravitas that people who normally listen to the podcast uh, would probably be surprised at. And more surprised, Mark, that you mentioned their meat uh, and then you mentioned by the back door, and neither myself nor Scott thought to come in. And I think that tells you just how important we find the AGM that we are staying clear of, of any mention of, of gay innuendo. It's, it's, it's a slippery slope um, going down that road of sexual badinage. Yeah, exactly. Matter. Unless we have a vote on it, like at the AGM, we could show our proxy cards. Should we bring gay badinage in? Uh, the, the listeners have voted with their feet yeah, on that. Well, um, yeah, Three zero. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So we'll, we'll keep it going. Okay then, uh, I think the the AGM this year, it's always a, a little calmer when the team's been doing well, and the team have been doing well of late. Uh, that brings us on to our next section, and we'll come to this week's Spears of the Week. Spears of the Week is our longest-running and most beloved section where we look for the person who's made the biggest James Hunt of themselves in the world of soccer over the past seven days. And uh, it's named in honour of Graham Spears, formerly Chief Sports Writer at the Herald and a, a regular on uh, the airwaves is now reduced to working for Radio Clyde and uh, doing the fish reviews for the, the Haddock advertisers. So, Scott, you love this section. I love it. More like than a, a brother. Well, I do. More than a brother. How many have you got this week? Three and a half. How can you have three and a half? Um, the half is it's more of a it's more of an interesting factoid. Oh, you hate that, don't you? I hate that. Yeah, Steve Wright. Steve Wright. Steve Wright's banned in this pod. It's, it's a little sort of point which may come under swept under any other business. Three and a half and a little point. Okay, right. Okay. Yeah, right. yeah. How many have you got? Have you, have, he's got like fifteen there, hasn't okay, he? Okay, right. Sit, right. Okay. Why don't we just cut this pod? We, right. We'll talk about spin-off pods. Why don't you just have one called Spears of the Week? You can pay me the money for the idea that I come up with, and then you can go away and you can just sit there and call people wallopers all week. It would be better than yours, your pod. It'd be brilliant. My pod was excellent when you weren't on it. You've missed one <laughs> That's week. That's actually true. And it was the highest rated episode we've had so for, far. If you're looking for Cammy, by the way, he's been murdered and buried in Shelby. Yeah. He's too funny. Yeah. Um, Scott's not allowing him back. No. So first, first candidate is a black goat. Okay. What? You may say what, um, but Egypt have got off to a terrible, terrible start, okay, for World Cup qualifying. This culminated in a surprise 1-0 defeat to Niger, okay, and... Niger, that used to play for us, Spankman. Yeah, no, yes, Niger, Niger, Spankman. Let's be very careful yes. how you pronounce that. Yeah. David, don't put me off, okay? I'm, yeah, this, this podcast delicate. could be shut yeah. down, this could be the last ever is, very, is it... N- Niger, Niger, or Nigeria? It's Niger, okay. Just stick to that African country. Yes, um, so... They went down 1-0 Egypt, and it's two defeats on the trot that look like they might struggle to qualify for the next uh, World Cup. So the fans are looking for a scapegoat, in this case, literally a black <laughs> scapegoat. Because before the game in Niger, a black goat was paraded around the pitch by a voodoo witch doctor. Right. And the Egyptian fans have decided that this cursed their, their heroes, <laughs> okay, the pharaohs as they're known. They, they sub- subdued Niger, okay, are 154th ranked team in the world, and Egypt are Africa's best team, yeah. and they lost 1-0 to Niger, and they put it down to black magic. However, the chairman of the FA in Egypt says, we shouldn't talk about a goat. Did the goat cause Egypt to lose? I hardly think so. The fans don't agree. Well... First of all, can I just say kudos, because Scott and Mark were staring intently at him every time we had to pronounce one of those countries' name there, just willing him to say something, and we were waiting for the flashing blue lights as they came to arrest Scott for that one. And that's the last story involving Niger. Ever to be mentioned on, on the pod. That country that shares a boundary with Mauritania. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's uh, never ever that they're coming yeah. up again. Okay. Secondly, 
Bolivian President Evo Morales, socialist crackpot. And Where does he get this shit? It's <laughs> YouTube. Yeah. No, if only. Um, he was playing an exhibition match at the National Stadium in La Paz, politicians versus journalists. He took exception to a, a, a civil servant's tackle. <laughs> no, haven't we all? And literally, the result was he need the civil servant in his tackle. <laughs> need him in the, <laughs> the groin. The president does this. Yeah, the president need the civil servant in the groin and brought him to the ground. He wasn't sent off. Well, of course he's not. a socialist crackpot president, <laughs> right? Um, oh, Hitler, right, second yellow, yes. year after, wouldn't it have happened? It finished nine men versus eight, the game, which was apparently a friendly, nice. after, after five red cars. At the end, and I think this may have been ironic, okay, one of the players, Mayor Rivia, said, the president tells me he's never been in the losing side in a match. I'll bet he hasn't. We should sign him. We should actually sign him. Can yeah. we play our games in La Paz? Yes. So, um, Bolivia is a country, isn't it? It's at really high altitude, so they have this strange World Cup qualifying record where they never, ever, ever win away, but they always win at home, and usually with four or five goals can nobody can in breathe. Fact, in fact, they've changed and they've changed the rules so that they now can't play in the, the national stadium in yes. La Paz. Oh, that's a seize trick and no yes. mistake. Hey, listen, it's it's up to everybody else. They come to their country, they want to breathe real air. Yeah. Apparently, you've got to play proper qualification games below eight thousand feet. Oh, I think that's garbage. Any advantage you can get. That's quite arbitrary, isn't it? But can you imagine poor Diego Maradona? I mean, his chunky lad when he took Argentina <laughs> there and they're going, right, you know, basically playing the equivalent of the tap of Ben Nevis. He probably had some sort of uh, breathing apparatus on during the game. Yeah. Um, so basically, the junta. Well, I think that's that's junta. Certainly something to clear his nostrils. Yes. I think I know what your third one is. I think we all know what the third one is, but I'll let Mark see if he's got any suggestions first before we move on. Well, I think for the first time ever, I've got to crave Mr... Edgar's indulgence and say, can I put forward a duet? That's nothing to do with religion. Is that is a it? female Jew, no? Yeah. <laughs> no? It's not a small Jew. No, I mean, what are we talking here, Mark? <laughs> so, so, sorry, I've a locked into an editorial meeting of the Volkischer Mailbag. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, I'm speaking, of course, of those, uh, the Laurel and Hardy of the, the Scottish football and word, world, uh, Doogie MacDonald and Stephen Craven. Right. Ah, yes. you know, where, first of all, they give Celtic a penalty. Mm-hmm. Then they take it away. And when you first hear this, you're just like, are they mad? Yes. <laughs> you know, to dare take a penalty away yeah. from a ratic. I'm just like, you know, do you do you not fear for your own safety, that of your wife and family, Double glazing. that of your house? And- well, I heard Dougie McDonald had just won a voucher for New Windy, so he's maybe thinking, hey, cash them in. It was a brave decision. The, the ironic thing about the non-penalty for Celtic was that it wasn't a penalty. No. Which was made it all the more incredible, surely. I'm, I'm saddened, actually, with the Celtic fans that they couldn't have come up with something more creative in, in terms of the missiles they were f- flinging onto yeah. the pitch. I mean, wh- what are we talking about? A couple of lighters and maybe the occasional... Um, no, they were. No. no, Mark, I have to step in. Apparently, in a, in, a, in a nod to the season, they threw conkers as well oh. at the linesman and referee. Yes, um, roast chestnuts. Roast chestnuts. Well, is it just me that actually thought they were walking into the ground, saw those and thought, we hey, dinner? Um, I haven't yeah. seen the game. I haven't seen any of the highlights. As, as you know, I refuse to watch Celtic staunch. unless we're playing them. I am staunch. I think it's unstaunch to watch them. But I, having only read the newspapers, haven't heard any of this missile throwing you speak of. Surely you've made this up, Dingwall. It must have been in the BBC. Had to oh. be. I Didn't un- they kick off reports? I was under the influence of a hamburger at the time when I heard this. <laughs> uh, so you're going for referees. You're going for... Well, yes. here's the winner. Go for it. The winner is... Neil Lennon yes. this afternoon and uh, incredible scenes um, he called the referee a <coughs> cheat right harangued the fourth official with sweary words which we would never countenance in the show no at one stage appeared to be restrained by, by people 
he was he sort of held down. I don't know why. How much did he pay for that? <laughs> <laughs> he then also rolled about the pitch at one stage, and then bizarrely led his players onto the pitch for a lap of honour after the game. You're shitting me. No, lap no, of you really yes. an actual. They, they were on the pitch, jumping yeah, up the high yes, five. Yeah. They realised they beat Dundee United and they've not had the first quarter of the season yet. Um, I think they thought it was a Champions League final, perhaps. Jesus. Yeah. Well, I suppose for, you know, for Lennon, this is really the only competition I've got left after yes. this. Yeah, and he, he knows with his cup record, they're not going to do anything he knows. Yeah. So uh, that reminds me of the time his, uh, rather, uh, his rather unimpressive uh, father figure, Martin O'Neill, the um, leaping leprechaun. Decided to do that it was after that Basel game when um, he rolled about and was in tears and throwing tantrums and hitting the ground. And I just thought, if I ever see a Rangers manager do that, then I will lead the queue, which will be lengthy, yes. of Rangers fans up Edmondson Drive to have him sacked on the spot for conduct unbecoming. It's the slight worry I had about bringing this up though for the the Spears of the week was that he has mental health problems. Neil Lennon, what she's admitted in the past. Should we really be slagging someone so fragile, so imbecilic? I've got to give it to Lennon this week. The reaction yesterday was completely over the top. Um, and I think that'll be great because Graham Spears will be so happy that Neil Lennon's in any way associated with his name. So it works out well. Graham can actually award him with the Spears of the Week award. I think, he's, yeah. I think he's many a time wanted to reward Celtic <laughs> managers with the Spears, but uh, yeah. hasn't got around He's to wanted it. to anoint them. Yeah, certainly. <laughs> with the chrism? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's chrism. Chrism. <laughs> yes. Google it, folks. Google. No, don't. Certainly not at work. No. Okay, then we'll move on to our, pre- uh, our preview of the, the big games coming up this week and the Celtic one. Anybody want to sing Zadok the Priest to kick off section three for us? I think for Celtic fans' sake. That's pretty much as so good as champions. it is. Champions! Um, the the <laughs> <laughs> Well, that's half the podcast audience away on that one. But we can sing Zadok the Priest because unlike certain other clubs, we are in the Champions League. And not only are we in the Champions League, we've got a chance to get out of the Champions League in a good way. It's got to be a quiz question. What is the uh, theme tune to the Europa League? Not that anybody from Scotland's in it this year. That's true. Do they have one? They it's do actually, have one. They've they got a do. special one, yeah. It's the theme from the banana splits. That would be brilliant. Be brilliant. Can you imagine the two teams coming out? Get the Dickies version. The Dickies version. That would be brilliant. I'm going to write to you, dear Mr. UEFA. Dear Mr. UEFA. Who's up front from Flegel, Drooper? But back. Why don't you just remember the bird that used to kind of dance in every week? Tales of the Unexpected? No, no, no. Banana splits, man. Flegel would stand there, right? And every week she caught him. She'd dance in, walk right up to him, and then just go, touch his nose and walk it. No. And as a young kid, you're going, no. why is this in every week? See, see UEFA are obsessed with fireworks before these games. That is how you start. We'll get the banana splits Banana splits and that woman dancing to touch Flegel's nose. I hate to pray, I see, but I think Flegel might be dead, or the actor that played him. I think probably best go to Mark first for a positive upbeat spin in our Champions League group. Such a miserable bastard. I'm just not convinced. Two reasons. Do you know you're like you're like Victor Meldrew after he was listening to emo as a teenager. That's you, how miserable you are. Mark, cheer me up. We're going to let's win. not get carried away. However, do we share the view of Gordon Smith, OBE, MBE, who says that uh, basically Rangers have already done enough to to finish third and hence guarantee. Uh, I thought Mark was singing football. an old Beatles song there when he was talking about Gordon Smith, OBE, MBE. Um, I do, Scott um, What I would say is I'm going to turn this podcast's football knowledge In on its own self 
few weeks ago... Wouldn't take long. No, that's true. Nobody ever listens to those bits anyway. A few weeks ago, I think Fraser... People are really only here for the knob gags yeah. and the poof stuff. It was you and Fraser, yes. and I think Mark as well, said that Bursa Spore would be learning as they went through the Champions League. We did. They were naive at the start, and they'd probably be have it all together by their last game. Yes. Who's the last game against? That's... In Turkey, right? Isn't it Man United their no, last game? No. Their last game is us at home. My worry is that I don't want us to need points that night against a team that have just picked up a few things and learned a few lessons in the Champions League. Well, very good, smart. We'll just beat Valencia home and away then, and then we'll, we'll be home have to. I have... I'm excused to Rangers winning quite a few points at the start of a Champions League campaign, and then it all going dramatically tits up, and I sort of fear something similar might happen. Well, we'll go quickly around because we're a wee bit hostage to Fortage. By the time most people listen to this pod, uh, it'll either be just before the game or after it. So we'll just go around for predictions. Mark? I think we'll have a fighting nil each draw. I think it'll be a one each draw in Scott. Nil one. <sighs> Slippery slope. You know, sitting in the fence. There was actually a chap, and I didn't write this down in the, the comments that we're going to have this week, but uh, a chap basically on, on your website suggested that I was like a, a slightly unfunnier version of Tam Cowan. You were like a slightly more dislikable version of Stuart Cosgrove, and Scott was like wee Jimmy Cranky. <laughs> well, I am back in Panto after falling out the beanstalk a few years ago, so it's my big comeback at the Kings this year. The guy had a, a good point in a letter to Viz. He said he had a wet dream about um, wee Jimmy Cranky. And he said, I'm not sure if that makes me a paedophile. <laughs> I'm not sure if it makes me a straight paedophile or just a healthy, robust man with a granny fixation. <laughs> so, she's not Bonnie, but she's a trooper. She, is, she, she gets on with the job. I take that as a compliment. I always thought the other one looked as though he might be a friend of Dorothy, the big one. Well, did you see extras... See them, that girl's dad played by Gerard, Gerard Kelly. Kelly yeah. I always thought it was a wee bit about that. I bit thought as that well. too, yeah, yeah, that episode. Allegedly. We have all had our jags, and mm. that means that we're all inoculated for going to Mordor, home of the Orcs, home of Neil Lennon and his slightly deranged plasticine face on Sunday. Or is it Saturday? Sunday. 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 Um, it's good to see the research is as thorough as ever, Dave. Absolutely, 100%. Well, then, are we going to win? I think we will, and. Uh, I think part of that comes down to the hysteria that always surrounds these games. Usually I go expecting to get beat and hoping for a, a draw being a bonus, and that's at home or, or away. Um, I just think that the the way that Celtic fans and their whole club is just now is they think they're, they're, they're going to trounce us, that they're going to do their usual and use the, the tannoy system to, to build themselves up into a frenzy, and that'll be enough and we'll roll over. I think that Rangers have shown this year that there's a, a little bit of steel in us that uh, hasn't been there for a long time. The number of times we've come back from a, a losing position this year has been absolutely remarkable, so I think we, whatever they throw at us, we'll take and uh, return the serve. We can't give them a goal of a start. We've been doing that lately, and it's going to be very difficult. If we get the first goal, I think we could go on and win it comfortably, but we can't give away an early goal the way we've been doing. No, I think I think we'll win, though. I think the things that we have in our favour are the Celtic at the back and in the area of defensive midfield are not great. Almost anything they have to offer is going forward. I mean, they've got the Asian Gerard well, and Barcelona Wunder kid. Uh, Asian Gerard Asian Giraffe. Uh, yes. He's he slows a week in the jail, apparently. Um, What's ironic for Celtic fans. Um, <laughs> I, I, I think, to be honest, the best thing for us, the best thing about all of this is if you see any Celtic message boards or people cut and paste from the message boards, they think any team they perm of their vast squad anything can beat us Mark's right they think they're going to trounce us no matter who they put out and you read of Scotland apparently on Sunday saying it was a bit like Spain at Hamden 
Celtic were basically played like Spain, stroke Barcelona. They didn't say that. They did. They said it was just like Spain at Hamden when you watched it. The hysteria and hype that surrounds that team is just waiting to get wee bubble burst. And I think the we're only, the team to do it. The only reason I think you could in any way compare Celtic uh, to, to Spain is that Spain's main man in midfield is Xavi and Celtic support is also, <laughs> ironically enough, Me- Xavi. Yeah, into the Barcelona, Messi. Very, very, very messy indeed. Um, I, I, I just think that if, if Rangers play to their best and Celtic play to their best, then Rangers will win comfortably. Yep. Um, I, I think that I was really actually encouraged by Lennon's behaviour on Sunday because it means that he's he's very highly strong, he's very close to age. Walter, we know, can go into these situations, handle it the way it should. He won't make th- sweat. Yeah, a couple of mad decisions, and I think... The fans there don't realise that they take the, the lead from the manager, so if they're all in full-on persecution, whoa, the world's against us, in the terrible, uh, I don't have any potatoes mode, then that's going to transmit to the players. They go tonto and we can just pick them off. They're too, you know, they are just completely over the top uh, with the way that they've been playing. Likewise with ourselves, talking about going back in time, if you remember, was it 23 games or something we had way, way, way back um, when we played Marseille and Celtic in the same week yeah. all those years ago and you're thinking to yourself, hmm, if you have, if the run has to come to an end, who do you want it to come to an end against? Because I still think, being uh, you know looking at the, the long term, the long haul for this, is that they keep winning, we keep winning and it might come down to the old firm games, but the confidence that I think a lot of us have got in the team just now, despite the, the limited squad numbers, means that going there on Sunday and even having a draw, it suits us far more than it yeah. suits them. I think psychologically, um, see if you talk to any Celtic fans, uh, I was going to say at your work, but I'm probably pushing things slightly, but um, if you talk to any Celtic fans, they cannot believe that we could be top of the league this weekend after the old firm game. With the first quarter that they had and we had, with us being distracted apparently by Europe, and with us having a tiny squad, and with them being the new Spain, <laughs> they did believe that healthy lead. They began into October, into the autumn with a healthy lead. And they, they are under pressure. They cannot believe that a draw would see us stay top after the first quarter. And Mark's right, they, they are the ones that have the sweat on, not us. I don't think it's a, a disaster for us if we lose. I think that this is a big game to them because it's all they've got. You know, they're, they're out of Europe twice. Um, credit to the, to the management team Did for that. Did you see that. any of the games in Europe? Because I actually had a summer holiday this year. And well, see, that was the thing. You know, I, I was away till uh, mid-July. So yes. by the time I came back, Celtic were out of all European yeah. competition. It's going to be interesting. I think it's one of the games that they have to win more than us. Would you? Like? I mean, you're actually going to be, be present, aren't you, Mark? You're going to have your gas mask? Indeed, indeed. You you be you that. Got, the, uh... Have you got your palm olive to throw? Barra Palmolive no. I actually nearly got arrested pa- for that Packet of smash Rangers, <laughs> Rangers Celtic game 1992 We finished a one each draw with Ian Ferguson scoring And I think Paul Byrne scored for him uh, And I nearly got arrested as a, as a teenage boy Because I had a bar of zest I don't know if you remember it <laughs> uh, And I, I opened it up and whirled it into the, into you, the way end and you claiming that I'm a stranger <laughs> to soap? And shouted away and have a wash ya bastards <laughs> uh, To which the, the policeman just grabbed me And, yeah. get, and I think the fact that was a kid uh, um, and my horrified dad came down the stairs and belted me, kind of uh, let, let him get away with it. Was that the first game in Sky? The first from game in Sky? No, the first from game in Sky was 3 0. Uh, McCoy scored 1990. Okay. McCoy's You think they would actually learn? Do you, do you remember the, the the cup final they lost at, uh, at Hamden when uh, Charlie Nicholas scored the penalty for Aberdeen? Yes, 1990. Uh, yeah. And if you remember the, the footage that day showing you the Celtic support during the. I mean, there was. People literally on their knees, you know, and they're pulling out the hang gliders and they're all sorts of ro- religious accoutrements. And you're just going, it's a game of football, guys. Yeah. You know, I mean, just like, utter, 
utter hysteria. And it's the same as when, when Big Mowbray came. You know, Celtic fans had talked them into... Uh, talked themselves into such a hysteria that Celtic were not going to be playing like Barcelona. They were going to be Barcelona plus. And you're just like, you know, this isn't healthy. No, when the hype machine goes into overdrive, they're very willing to get swept away on it. Uh, I think the Rangers fans, we don't mind about hype. I mean, obviously, that's why David Murray lasted as long. But I think that we we were always a wee bit less prepared to do it without any evidence to back it up. Whereas you're right, Celtic bring in, manager is just so he's club relegated, um, but because he's he's an ex Tim and because he played for them, then suddenly they're going to play like play like yeah. Barcelona. Um, I think one thing that we do need to say for people going to the game is just be careful. Uh, it's never the the most fun place to visit for for an away fan. I think that uh, the, the camera shy, especially yeah, the policing and the stewarding there is, is very over the top. Although we did hear we were at the game last season, a young man was standing in front of us and he rather innocently asked a policeman if he would be allowed to shout "puck the fop." Yes, uh, to which the policeman said. Uh, he would be allowed to shout it, but then he would be spending two nights at a luxury institution yes. uh, until the courts opened on Monday morning. Yes. Punning is a recognised illness and a crime. Yeah, apparently. well, that was a spoonerism, I believe. Or maybe yeah. it wasn't, maybe it means something I don't know. Well, spoonerism then, is spoonerism a crime? Uh, well, it could be in that could context, be, yeah, so don't do it. And don't, don't do it and then say, well, they said on heart and hand that we could do this. Be very careful, be funny, be spontaneous with your chance. Don't um, get sucked into it all. Um, it's a horrible place to go. And as Mark once said to me famously, he said, if they crank up the faux Irish theme park element of this place anymore, Paddy McGinty's goat will be trimming the grass before the game. Mm. I thought that was... Remember, though, if you see John Higgins, who, uh, if he's in the home end, it'll be him. And if he's in the away end, it'll be me. So if the listeners can remember that. the one in handcuffs. Yeah, if you see John Higgins, remember to give him it plenty. OK, then we're going to move on to this week's letters and your Facebooks and our quiz results. Up until Heart and Hand started, nobody had heard of the Facebook. I certainly hadn't. And now, now because of the success that it's had over the past ten weeks and the huge growth of the Heart and Hand the Facebook page, Your they've made a film about massive. it. Yeah, they've made a film about it. Um, are we in it? Well, you'd think so, we'd right? Hope so. But, and when I heard Justin Timberlake was in it, I just assumed he was playing me. Is there? Someone said to me, I don't know how true this is, David, but there's a thing called Facebook without a the. Well, I have no interest in that. No. And I think that the Facebook should sue this. Facebook. So um, Johnny come lately. Yeah, stealing their name. Well, the film reveals that the original name for the company was thefacebook.com. We're bringing it back. We're Justin Timberlake, back. he's bringing sexy back. We're bringing the back. We're keeping Justin it real. T- Timber, Timber, Dave Scott Wood, could be. Could be. Exactly, yes. Now. Snake. I've told you before that whenever I'm in a state of arousal, it's not a trouser snake or any of those Americanisms, it's a stoner. I have a dour Presbyterian erection. And yes. much the same way that Walter would have a stoner. That's I actually spoke to somebody quite recently um, who didn't know what stoner, how it was spelled or what it was or what it was meant to be. They just used the word and had no idea really what, what, where it came from. Oh, I hope you mutilated them. I did. Unbelievable. Well, well, speak- so, so what you're saying is if Mr Edgar is Justin Timberlake's stoner, mm-hmm. you are what? I would Br- have Br- to be. Britney Spears' shaved chihuahua? I would say so, yes. Her, her fun bags. So basically, uh, I'm a, a multi-talented singer's most erotic part, whereas you're a skanky, trashy, hose, fun bit. Let's hope so. Yeah, that's what I'm absolutely. saying, let's hope so. Oh, damn, I've done again. Remember how I'm cutting it saying absolutely? Oh, I'm, again? I must, I must owe the absolutely swear box about 800 quid. 
Okay then. Is that for a Christmas night out? <laughs> yes. This week's uh, competition was to win the Barcelona book, and we asked you for your crazy member, the crazy 70 strip. Mark yes. told us a heartbreaking. You can hear this in the pod from a couple of weeks ago, listeners. Mark told us a heartbreaking story how his auntie made him uh-huh. a Rangers strip, uh, which we might use for future competition. Fake kits. But. Heart and hand what, listeners. What did you say I've got? <laughs> heart <laughs> they are real. Mark's earned those man boobs. Heart and hand listeners. To, to prove how real these competitions are, I have selected the shortlist because I'm actually stunned at the amount of entries we get for this. Uh, there were literally hundreds of entries. So I have selected my favourites. Did you remember to admit Fontoroy's like Fraser? Whose dad scared you? Oh, yeah, yeah. Fon Leroy, who died, like, Fraser won it, a regular guest, Fraser Martin, whose dad basically sent the surf suit and said, bring yeah. me back every strip. You've weeded those out. You've weeded them out. Yeah, it's like, you can't have Fraser staying over at your, at your gaff. You put out a spare bed and he's like, nah, mate, there's a pee under that, can he? Yeah. Can he slip under that? Uh, sleep under that. So, I have selected my favourites, and we're going to let Mark Scott and producer Chris, because otherwise it'll be, you know, two, and we could have ties all the time, decide which one's a winner. So... We will kick things off with the entry from Scott Nazy as God Gibson. So oh, you've got a chance of winning. Chance. He was the guy that you told to enter the competition a couple of weeks ago, and he said, oh, I can never win anything. You said, well, go and try, and he didn't win. So you well, just perpetuated this man's misery. That's a fair point. That is a fair point, so you, you owe him as well. He says, this week's pointless competition entry, nothing like a positive attitude there, Scott, is his Crystal Palace strip from the 70s. Uh, oh, Jobby Brown? It was. The Jobby Brown strip? Yeah. Oh, Next one was Craig Dolier. That's quite fancy. That, that might be a Fraser-esque Fauntleroy one. Uh, he suggests the third earl of sandwich. He, he claims he didn't own this, but he sent in the half Pope, half England top, which didn't sell during the Pope's <laughs> visit to the. Well, that to Chris. Can you imagine the confusion though in the Manx when they were all at? Uh, uh, well, no, sorry, not Manx because it's nothing to do with football. The devout Catholics yes. when they were all at uh, Bella Houston Park. And they're like, oh man, it's pure get a Pope on it, but it's pure get England on it. What am I going to do, man? So uh, he suggested that. Stuart Williamson, and this is why I think Stuart should be in the running, guys. He not only suggested the Rio Vallecano strip that he owned from 2001, he sent in a picture of his Doug Baxter wearing it. Mm. Is that not mm. cheating? Cheat? That, that's like the type of thing. Too keen. People start up fanzines to complain against yes. dogs wearing strips. Dogs wearing strips. I actually start up fanzines to encourage dogs wearing strips. Although I notice he hasn't put the dog in a hat yet. But as I often went to nightclub hoping I would see dogs that would strip. Well, but that was a completely and different. He did sometimes. Yeah. Which is why you started a dogging fanzine. Yeah, yeah, why I'm divorced. There was actually a great story about that, wasn't it, David? When him and his pals had ended up in Viacano, which is an industrial suburb of Madrid. Yes. Now, who planned that weekend? Yeah, to blind to the war. What gets me about Viacano is that the it's always described as a Maoist suburb <laughs> of Madrid, and you're thinking, what like, all these punters? Like, I mean, what do they do? Do they have like rice paddies? <laughs> Can I just say that we are for for those of you who know Glasgow that we're actually recording this in Broomhill this evening, which yeah. is as far away from the Maoist uh, yes. suburb of Glasgow, but as quite close to Yoka. But quite clearly, yeah, well, just a bit whether or not this was in Clyde Bank. Yeah. Um, Tenny Bears out there from Clyde Bank, you know, tell us why you live there. Just, yeah. Just while we're on it. Okay. Stuart Retzis says the strangest top I've ever had is a Kerkira of Corfu FC one that I swapped with a local while pitched after watching a match against the Unwashed on the island. Novo scored twice while Ferguson provided a masterclass. Made up name. Must be one of your relatives. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Daniel Mapplebeck 
pod favourite Daniel Mapplebeck. I still have my unworn 2007-2008 Bestictus top, brought back from Turkey by my mother. It was at the height of the big jock new phase of winding up Timmy Sorry, the what? The big jock new phase of winding up Timmy over the debauch past. I don't know what he's talking about. No. And knowing from Google Image search that the Tuts band was embroidered with BJK, I seized on the opportunity to pre-order it. We've got an early favourite there, we're liking this. But he does say I still have my unworn, which means he didn't have the bottle to wear it when he go back to the Legion, that's disappointing. Poof. If you're going to walk the walk, you've got to talk mm. the talk. Has he put his dog in a picture of his dog in it? He hasn't even sent a picture of For all we know, he just made this up trying to win the book. <sighs> Daniel Mapplebeck, you, do you ever think about what you did? He's not yeah. winning. Um, Dave Robbins, I like that. That's Dave, name, Dave Robbins, he sounds yeah. as though he could have been in a, a, a 60s band, you know, he could have been yeah. Dave D. Yeah, the Hollies bassist Dave Robbins yeah. reminisces. Well, beats Maplethorpe. Yep. Uh, Kits hmm. I don't know I like the fact that he's, he's doing this phonetically Kits hmm. I don't know if this counts But a few years ago I gave my mum the cash To bring me back a Hamburg strip from Germany You got it Arrived back with a St Pauli brown polyester thing If I remember correctly It went on Neighbours Kids Guy Fox Love a podcast Keep up a good work that's that's pretty good. That's actually. the winner, isn't it? Uh, First of all, yes. he was a bass player for Manfred Mann. Yes. Secondly, he burnt a St. Pauli top. And thirdly, he get the Steve Wright S. Keep up the good work. In. So, mm. so I'll go through the. the, the, the name, I'll it? go through the rest, and they're only going to win. Uh, this might actually Jack Linton. One of you bi curious presenters will probably like this. I had the pink Juventus centenary top in the nineties. He's talking mm. to you, Scott. Is he still wearing it? <laughs> no, Scott's borrowed it. Yeah. Uh, Gareth McKibben, sad to say, lads, that I had that minging greyish Man United top that they changed at half-time against Southampton in the 90s during a whooping. Obviously, like the team, I never wore it again after that either. Um, Scott Shields with one of our more esoteric entries. When I was younger, I had an old Torquay United top from 1994. When I asked my dad why I had it, he told me it was the cheapest one in the shop, son. <laughs> now, I like yeah, his that. dad. Scott Shields' dad sounds like my type of guy. Can his dad not win the book? That's absolute quality from Scott <laughs> Shields' dad. Imagine I walked into a shop going, my boy, the apple of my eye, the love of my life. What's the cheapest top you've got to achieve? Is that Tokyo away or home? <laughs> I've got you know Tim. He's bloody, that, yeah. he's bloody lucky he never walked in with a, a Tim top if his dad was that type of well, guy. That's true, well, at yeah. least he's, he's old minded enough for like, to create a forge lager. Eight ace. It's never too early for a fusilier. <laughs> yes. Okay, and special mention. Well, before we get to to the the winner, special mention. To Gordon Reed. Now, Gordon's actually known to, to all of us who, who work in here, which is why the, the savage reception he got to this. Gordon posted up a picture of a top he owned as a child. There was a couple answers to this. There was a couple of replies in the thread. And he said that uh, he would like people to guess what it was. And he was somewhat put out by the fact that everybody guessed instantly it was Melchester Rovers, Roy Race's team. Um, the reason that they guessed was at the bottom of the picture he posted up that said Melchester Rovers. Uh, I'm basically. He actually said, I've got no idea what this is. My mum bought me. <laughs> the amount. It's in Melchester Rovers on it. The amount of abuse the guy got. Now, we are not ones that encourage bullying on this website, but we know Gordon, and he's, he's basically a sort of slightly deformed kind of dwarf character, and he deserves it, you know? Oh, he should stand tall after this incident. Yeah, well, he'll be crying oh, himself wait. to sleep in his little um, matchbox tonight. Yeah. So, Gordon Reed, you are, uh, if you're going to go and download a song tonight to, to think about what you are, I want you to go and get the best of Devo and download their song Mongoloid. No reason. Okay, yes. I need a winner. Right, the guy who said the poofy Ventus thing, I don't like him, he's having a pop at Jack us. Linton. He's right, but he's having a pop at us. And even though it's fact based, I'm well, but he it. said one of you bi curious, and we've said before about about well, Cammy. He's way bi curious. He's, he's right, and he knows yeah. what he's doing. Has Cammy changed his Facebook status yet? To another picture of him hugging a guy. No. Hugging a man, yeah. uh, Cameron, I will sit and uh, 
put Facebook updates all the way through the X Factor, even though I don't watch the X Factor bell. Yes, the same one. Yeah, the yeah. sausage jockey, yeah. Yeah. I'm liking, I still can't get past your man's dad. All right, all so of them. Chris, do you, would you go for the Torquay guy or the guy who burnt the St. Pauli strip? Burning one, burning strip. Mark, any favourites there? That kind of Hanseatic thing's kicking in with me. Yeah, okay. I'd go for that. I have no idea what that means. Well, of course, because it's brown, it, it leads you to the very obvious. Did it burn? Hey! So the winner Hans of that then, humble. the winner of that is in a current, currently touring with uh, Manfred Mann <laughs> is Dave Robbins, and uh, you win the Barcelona, the history of Barcelona book. Do you know, mate? He will be delighted, mate. He will be delighted. This is Dave Robbins from Manfred Mann. Uh, if any of, if anybody else has set fire to a, a, a team that have been yeah. twinned with the Tarriers, let us know. Yes. Um, and we've got a couple other letters. One of which is the finest ever. Posting I've I've ever seen on the Facebook. Okay. okay. Um, Tony Hyde says, "God bless Australian Santa." Eight PM kickoff, proper Sunday session before we beat the beggars. Oh, oh, that's uh, Chris's brother-in-law. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, and he's also Not a man. copper, which is just going to feed all the sectarian the belief over here that coppers yeah. are, in fact, bigots. Um, Richard Glenn, cracker today. Well pleased to see we Vlad get a goal and what it meant to him to score for the Rangers. Sitting in GE2 row, got a good view of the celebrations as well. We are the people. James West, anyone else think the voiceover guy at the end of the podcast sounds like Peter Jones from Dragon's Den? <laughs> Wee bit. Wee bit, yeah. Wee bit. And this is my favourite. It was from a young guy who called his Facebook post, and his uh, his name is Errol Doganos. I put after it all. His message was was Errol Doganos. Check out my name. We are the people. I'm tempted just to have a competition for him to win some. And it's a picture of a wee guy in glasses. And if it is him, he's a genius. And you're getting replaced. And we're having him on. But that's what it says. Errol Dognos show. Check out my name. We are the people. Brilliant. So Errol Dognos. We want to find out your real name, son. And we want to get you on the show. Because you're just, you're, you're our type of guy. Although we hope that is your real name. Couple of things to couple of things to mention. And last week we'd mentioned that the Diddy's Cup and thank Simon Leslie for organising the event. We had the Loudon Tavern in touch with us to say that although Simon attended the match, the Loudon Tavern, Duke Street and Bristol Bar worked together to organise this and fundraising on behalf of Help for Heroes for Erskine Hospital. So we are happy enough to uh, clear that up. And the other thing was a chap got in touch with us, a brand new jail site called globaljails.com. Look at Mark there sitting here talking about a Rangers website. Um, loads of pages. Highly recommended. So you can go and have a look at that. That's globaljails.com. We never plug your site, do we, mate? No, you come here no. every week and we never plug your site. Plug it even less than we plug your book. That's true. Yes. I've got a book out. You know, you're right. When's I, it? I'm too, well, the pre-orders have been dispatched. People have them now. Folks. The book is out. I've read it. Scott's read it and? And what? Well, I texted you my opinion last night. You said that it was better than Jelly Cooper but not as good as Fen Hassel. Exactly, and I'll stand by that. That's that's good, yeah. and you can buy it, and you can uh, as of I think middle of the, uh, this week. So by the time you get this podcast, you can go buy it. Twenty first century blue, buy it. Uh, it's it's a, it's a really good read. Uh, We're trying to get him to put one up as a competition prize. He's not keen. Those royalties got his eyes on them. Only get fifty printed. <laughs> Vanitypublishing.com Ha! The only book that you'll ever yeah. appear in, son, is uh, Gay Biters on Acid Monthly. Well, so uh, we'll have less of your nonsense. I bet it's got plenty of pictures in it. <laughs> yeah, it does, actually. Yeah. It's got a nice bit about you. Anyway, the listeners do I hear this. You can uh, check out more of Mars Demented Ravens at his website, www.followfollow.com. Scott's got his hand up. Well, I was wondering if you're going to have any other business today. No. 
ブラッドスマイルアブラッドスマイルアブラッドスマイルアブラッドスマイルアブラッドスマイルアブラッドスマイルアブラッドスマイルアブラッドスマイルアブラッドスマイルアブラッドスマイルアブラッドスマイルア